As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Scooter McDooter. What's up, dude? Well, Steel, thank you for asking. I am (laughs) tired. I'm exhausted. Me too. We are in the midst of a playoff run, Eagles season, Bravo, guest appearances all over the fucking map. Yes, sir. Your boy is tired well that is red october in a nutshell a lot of people don't know that red october has a green aspect to it as well that's the birds every sunday so look being a full-time philadelphia sports fan a full-time bravo bravo night bravo night mm-hmm. a full-time bravo night having jobs on top of all of a that lot going on i mean a lot of shit going I, on it's so funny because like at the start of every week, which is, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, whatever it might be, you try to map out your week. Oh, yeah. Good luck. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, good yeah. luck. Eagles Sunday afternoon, Monday night Phillies, Tuesday filming guest spot, which plug, we're going to be on the Pink Shade podcast yep. Thursday. It's so. Mary Payne Gilbert. We had an absolute blast. Yeah. So if you don't follow her on Instagram, she's trying to get her numbies up. Go ahead and follow. Uh, Go and follow Pink Shade podcast. She was fantastic. It was so much fun. Uh, episode drops Thursday. Really excited for you guys to listen. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. And Steele and I will be at the game tonight. We are listening in the morning. Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we will be at the Phillies game tonight. So please leave us the fuck alone and let no. us cheer. <laughs> Come on up. You'll If you're watching on YouTube, I will be wearing these overalls. Shooter's try not to. He don't want to give me credit. I know that you weren't going to say anything, but I'll say it. If you're listening and not watching, I'm wearing Phillies overalls right now. I look fantastic. With no um, shirt on underneath, and he just told me he's going to wear this to the game tomorrow night, to which I said, please, I do not want to have a boner the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> I guess I don't want to distract our hitters. Yeah, know? no. It would distract me, honestly. i got to be the one cheering out there. But yeah, so we've got that, and then Steele's going to Texas on Thursday. We're going to have to do a little bit of a remote podcast recording going on there for Friday's episode. And then Friday, you know what I'm doing? Sleeping. Fucking nothing. Yeah, that sounds... Just nothing. I'm going to go to work. Go home, maybe do a little light shopping, and then I'm sleeping. I think that sounds like a, a really nice day, a nice little Friday for yourself. Could be a nice Friday. I don't know if I'm going to have time to do everything I want to do, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't know if there's enough time. Well, I'll be down in Texas with Pop. I'm super excited. We're going to have an awesome weekend. I get to go. Um, she's been doing cheerleading camp, and she loves it. And on Fridays, the whole camp, uh, they go to an actual football game, and she's actually going to be a cheerleader at the game. So I get to actually see her cheer at a football game on Friday, and I'm I'm so excited to see that. I think it's going to be so cute. Are six year old football games like Seven. I guess it's pound pounders? Well, they have like pee wee. I I don't know. I'm not sure if it's a pee wee football game or if it's just a football game because okay. it's just it's a small Texas town. Yeah. So I would imagine they might just have a program. The whole town comes out and watches yeah, the football you, game, like, I you're imagine. Yeah, going to go cheer at the high school game. Yeah. Like, here comes the whatever cheerleaders uh, for, like, the first quarter. It's only the first quarter, then uh, she's done. Good. Short attention spans. Um, yeah. <laughs> that helps. Well, so I'm, I'm – point being, I'm really excited to go watch. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be an absolute blast. That sounds like a nice little Friday for Yeah, yourself. I'm excited. Look at this. We're already looking forward. we got a busy week, and we're already looking forward to our enjoyable Fridays. Yes. Well, look, it's just – 
it's the best time to be a Philly sports fan, without a doubt. Like, but I don't think that people understand the adrenaline come down. Like last night was soul crushing. Yep. And we were so stoked during the game. Then the last inning, don't want to talk about it. Let's just say we're soul crushed. And like the highs and lows of this time of year, it's exhausting. And on top of that, I'm too emotionally connected to Bravo TV shows. So I'm just, I'm a wreck. And I, a I'm a hot little potato. I'm a, I'm a hot little potato right now. And you know, you know what? I love it. I fucking love Red October. That, and that's the thing is I always look back to, and you get to the point where, you know, it's like March. The Super Bowl's over. Football uh-huh. season's over. You're still months away. And, you know, the beginning of baseball season's exciting, but then you get into the dog days and it's like, all right, this is the only sport on. You look back and you say, I wish I could have done more in October. Yeah, you know. But that's what pushes me through because there are days where I just want to sit home and not, you know, go to the bar, not do this and that and whatever. And then I realize I'm going to be regretting it. You will. In a couple of months, I'm going to look back and say that was a really fun night. And I don't care that I was tired and or hung over the next day at work. Yeah, at least I don't have to sorry, deal with work. hangovers. Sorry, sorry, work, if you're sorry. listening to this. Yeah, sorry, work. <laughs> to, to. Sorry, job. <laughs> but let's get started. Uh, you already gave the plug for Pink Shade. Again, that's on Thursday. I'm going to do another plug. Plug it up. November 19th at the Bourbon Room in L.A. It's a Friendsgiving with Zach Peter. Uh, there's going to be, like I, I like the word, I'm going to keep using it, a plethora of content creators. We have Bravo personalities coming out as well. It's going to be a really great time. It's not the same format as the shows that you've been to with us in the past, if you've been to our shows. But if you're out in L.A., you haven't been to our show, so you don't know what to expect. Point is, unless you're a really great fan and you came to the East Coast and either New York or Philly. That would be really cool. But regardless, go get your tickets at nofilterlive.com. Come hang out with us and Zach and a lot of other guests. It's going to be a great time. We're super excited to take the bros out to the West Coast. I'm throwing up the West Coast W right now on the YouTube. Um, but yeah, go get your tickets for that. And uh, that's the only plugs I have. That's it. Uh, moving that's a front plug. That's a, <laughs> Ooh, I don't like that implication <laughs> at all. <laughs> but let's start out with... Uh, First and foremost, do you have any current events for us today? No, no, I okay, do I'm not. I'm fine with that. I'm fine no, with that. No, I do not. There's there's too many other things going on. I have no current events. However, I did want to take a little spin on the um, the rankings for Tuesday show, okay. Wednesday show, whatever. Instead of doing, because I, I feel like, you know, they changed sometimes. Let's rank the Roni Housewives. Oh, okay. Because there's been a huge mix-up going on, yes. huge shake-up over the last couple of weeks. I was thinking about it. It is funny to look back in the beginning of the season at who we had at the top versus the bottom and who we have now. Okay. Do you want me to go first? I would like you to go first. All right. Um, My idea, you go. My idea, you go? My idea, you go. That's the new segment. My idea, you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I got, look, I stand by her. Jenna, number one. Um, Number two, Jessel. Okay. Number three, ooh. Uba and Bryn, they could both be three. Okay. Uh, so I'll do, I'll do Uba three, Bryn three point five for now, and that could shift. Four, Aaron, five, Sai. Yeah, I think that works. Is that you yeah, too? It's not, it's not. No, that's not where I am. Um, I've got Bryn number one. Okay. Just because she has gotten through some, I mean, like some of the harder scenes, she always comes out smiling and having a good time, okay. which is what you want in a show. And she's starting to bring a little bit more substance, which I appreciate. I've got Jenna at two because she seems to be the only fucking person on this show that thinks logically, which I, is I know, just I love insane that. to say that there's, you know, five people here 
one person thinks logically. That's insane. Uh, three, I have Chessel. Mm-hmm. Four, I've got Uba. Uba is not back from phone gate. She's, oh, she's, she's not fully there. back. She is still okay. down from phone gate. And then I've got uh, I've got Aaron at five. There have been times that I've liked Aaron, but just enough to put her above Sai. And Sai, I've got her packing her bags and not coming back next season. I think that I am done with Sai. A lot of people are voicing that same opinion. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been interesting to watch since it's a first season of a show. To watch the roller coaster that was Sai, because she came on the scene a little hot, but people liked it. But then she never took her foot off the gas. You and know how much you have to do to not get a second season back? And like lot. you're actively a participant in most of these things. She's in all of which them. Which is what you want from a housewife. You want them involved in things, but not that way. she is not doing it the right way. And she's rubbing people the wrong way. And I'm happy to see that most people feel this way. Yeah, and they're not sitting there saying, well, she's entertaining. No, it's not entertaining. She's bullying people. And anytime that you question anything that she does, she flips out. It's like, I no, I, nobody needs to see that on TV. So I've got her not even at number six. I've just got her not coming back. Interesting. I, I I don't disagree with it. I think I'm going to keep her at six. I'm going to hold out hope because look, across the board, right? If you look at all of the housewives, I think that we've seen some take some some pretty big 180s and turn turn it around. So I'm not saying it's out of the cards because it's her first season. She's a rookie. All right, rookie numbers are not indicative of your whole career. I just don't see her looking back this season, watching these episodes. And thinking, wow, I came on a little strong there. Maybe oh, no. I can do this. That's she has really no self awareness. I don't, I, I 100% agree. Whereas we watch some of these seasons and we're like, oh, when she watches this back, she's going to hate how she looks. We even see some housewives speak out and say, yeah, I didn't love that. Yeah. Could have done better here. Even if she thinks that she could have done better, I genuinely think that Sai's going to be like, no, I stand by everything I did, everything yes. I said, how mean I was to people. I 100% stand by it. That's a really wow. good point. But that takes us right into Roni, and uh, how did you feel about this episode? Because the last couple have been a little clunky. Um, I'm going to put my feelings of the subject matter aside and say that at least it was better. Yeah, okay. Like, I, as much I as I didn't that. enjoy what they were talking about the entire fucking episode, you still got everybody involved. Everybody mixed it up and shared their opinions. We got Jessel taking a step forward. We got, you know, the level-headed side of the room with Bryn and Jenna towards the end. And then we also got the non-level-headed side of the room at Swingers. Yeah. The aptly named mini golf yeah, bar. Yeah, we're going to get there. Mini golf bar sounds sick, though. Not going to lie. Mini golf bar, there's one downtown called... Um, I'm in. Fuck, what's it called? You want to take me on a date? I'm in. I Don't threaten me with a good time. Hey, now. Um, but let's jump right in. We start out with... It's kind of a juxtaposed scene. We have Cy and Aaron FaceTime with each other. And at the same time, you have Jenna and Jessel talking. And it's all about the same topic. And it's the lunch recap between Jessel and Cy. And the talk on the phone, this FaceTime conversation, is the meanest shit I've ever heard. Cy comments on the fact that Jessel, who shared with Cy about the night at the Ritz-Carlton, her and Pavitt finally had sex again. I can't imagine, and we saw how awkward they were just with the lingerie. Yep. That had to be such an awkward moment for them to try to work past that. It's been a year and a half, all right? There's a gigantic elephant in the room. It's like, okay, we haven't been able to work past this. We know tonight's the night. 
There has to be so much pressure on both parties. She says it took me a long time to warm up. It took like 25 minutes. Sai shits on her for that. Mm-hmm. Like, what a shitty thing to do. Like, to sit there and giggle with your friend on the phone. Like, can you believe that? Like, oh my God. Like, you couldn't even get warmed up. They took 25 minutes. Like, that's such a mean thing to say. They finally did it. You guys have been hounding them nonstop about this shit. They finally do it. And now you have a problem with how they did it? Yeah, that, it's it was just fucking deplorable behavior. And I hate watching that. And it pisses me off that Sai, somebody who's got the the backstory of someone that you would think would have some perspective, has no perspective on Zero. how this might work and how other people might feel. She immediately just puts herself in there and goes, well, you know, David and I like wouldn't be able to have sex. Like We have to have sex every single day. Like I can't keep him off of me. Okay, that's you and David. Thank that, you. It, yes. There are different things. And it's just wild that she goes through this whole thing. And Aaron's just like pushing her along and pushing her along and laughing because her kids walk into the room. She's like, I don't want to talk about this in front of my kids. Why are you talking about the intricacies of someone else's sexual relationship on on the phone? Not only on the phone, in front of cameras that are now going to show this episode to not only Jessel and Pavitt, to other people in the group and fucking millions around the world that are watching this show. It's such bully behavior. It's such bullshit. And I hated it from the moment that Sai starts off and goes, well, first off, she was like 35, 40 minutes late. Sai, you were 20 minutes late. You failed to mention that part. Yeah, didn't say that part. The, the lunch started at 11. You walked in at 1120. She happened to be 25 minutes later than that. That's on you. She played the same card that Sai did. She just played it better. Yeah. And it's just fucking hilarious to see that. Like, she is pissed off that, one, she wasn't the one who showed up late because I don't really care and I didn't want to do this anyway. Sucks. You sat there for 25 minutes and had to think about it. Yeah. Stewed over it. That's fucking funny. Yep. Because you wanted to do something and she did it better than you did. You got what you deserved. And to see you sit here and talk to Aaron about this is like, fuck you, dude. Like, you are terrible. And I said it I said in the beginning of the show, I just want Cy off the show. And I feel bad because it's the first season you want to give people time to grow. We've given Sai enough time to grow, and she's grown We've in given the her worst way. Season, yeah. and there's been no shift at all, and that is not a good formula. If you look across the board, right? Look at Jenna. Her big issue was not being open, not talking about stuff, right? She was very walled off, closed off. We've seen her come out of her shell a little bit, and Bryn was a help to that. Like she kind of guided her along and got her to be more expressive and more talkative with the group. Great. Uba, who we thought was like just sweet all the time, we saw a different side of her, mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't the best side of her, but still, there's more dynamic there. We also saw her come back from that and be cool Uba again. Like we've seen journeys, right? And the journey doesn't have to necessarily be like them becoming this great person, but we have to see a shift at some point. You have to acknowledge how you've been acting. Sai refuses to do so after 12 episodes. It's been 12 weeks. Like, if you can't look at some of your behavior and be like, oof, just a little oof, then yeah, I'm with you. Go away. But the next thing they talk about is Vietnam. And this becomes the focal point of the episode is this Vietnam trip. It's crazy to me that two people that know nothing about Jessel and Pavitt's actual relationship, the only thing they know is that they struggled to have sex for a year and a half after having twins, right? That's all you really know about this marriage. You don't know anything else. And you're going to sit there and speculate that him going to Vietnam on a mileage run is him going to Vietnam to cheat on his wife. And you guys are actively talking about it, laughing about it, and relentless about it. And I'm so glad that the scene that was juxtaposed to this was Jenna and Jessel talking about it. 
because Jenna brings such a calm demeanor and calming presence to this and an understanding presence in which she's like, look, clearly there was an emotional wall between the two of you. Like you and Pavit, there was something that you had to work through. It's okay that it took a year and a half because you guys got there. You guys figured it out. Good for you. At the same time, you know what? To bring up the uncle was a little insensitive. It's not the same as the mom, but I can see what, like she said what we said last week. We said, Jessel's just trying to relate. She's trying to find a connection. She's not trying to be mean. She just struggles. Yeah, she's clumsy with it. And like, that's, it's fine. Like if you can do it in a way that actually shows, and this is, it doesn't even go to say what Psy might even take it as because we watch it and we've only seen what, how many episodes? 11 episodes, 12 episodes at this point. So we're watching now for the 12th week. Trying to figure out whatever, whatever, trying to figure out who Jessel is. And we've come to the conclusion that she's a little clumsy. And yeah, maybe she shouldn't be trying to relate to somebody because it's just too much to ask for. And Sai is right in the sense that we just want to know who Jessel is. Just talk about yourself. We get it. Stop trying to relate. Stop trying to match energy. Stop trying to do all this bullshit. I think that we're say it like that. Yeah. Say it how you just said it. That calm. Hey. Just be you. Yeah. That's different than instead of screaming. We just want you to be you. And then don't backtrack and say that you weren't being that serious about it. Like that would, I agree with Jessel, that reaction on the boat warrants a sit down for lunch. Clearly you feel pretty strong about this. If you're going to be screaming, there are sea turtles over there that are swimming around. All right. You're going to, you're going to bother them a little bit. Swam away. And I think that, look, I think we're a little bit to blame because we talked about this early in the season. They get over things pretty quickly and there's a resolution and they're not going to stumble over some dumb bullshit like flying to Vietnam and here we are. And yeah. we are just stuck on it. You know and what? I think it's our fault. We because we put it. that out there. I was really enjoying it. And now we're eating our words. We we jinxed it. But I will say I need I wrote this down because it was a great quote. People want from people that won't give. Jenna Lyons. And I think that's a great quote. And I think that paints the perfect picture of what Jessel is trying to accomplish with Sai and who Sai is as well. Jessel just wants acceptance. And Sai is incapable of giving that to her. Yeah. That doesn't work the other way around, though, because Sai, I don't think Sai wants any. I don't know what Sai wants. It doesn't work the other way around. Like, you can get all of this information out of Jessel, and Sai's still going to be upset. She just says, I don't care. I hate. You either, you can't say you don't care. Dismiss it. And scream your head off on a boat. You can't say you don't care and then poke holes in somebody's marriage. It's just like stupid i just hate when people use that i think that's so dismissive when somebody's trying to be genuine with you and trying to be nice to you and trying to work through whatever has happened to be just i don't care yeah i do not care like don't do that like she's not she made a mistake right she overstepped trying to relate it's not the end of the fucking world you can work past this but to just dismiss her and say i don't care is it's so goddamn rude but I loved the scene with Uba at the lunch meeting where they're doing the collab with Beatnik. By the way, the food. I knew I was just going to give you some space to just talk looks about the food. Fuego. 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 That oh, that's food. the first, yeah, first official Fuego it on the just podcast. It looks like that place, I would eat at that place. Yeah, like the that, I liked that too. And the, the way that the guys were all talking about the food and just yeah. like really getting into it and pairing it off with her different sauces. So fucking, I'm hungry as shit right now. I am starving. See, I'm going to give you I, space and you just went into it. Yeah. Exactly. Hungry boy over here. We need to get some Uba hot. We do need to get some really need to get some. I would love to do like a recipe video with Uba hot. I think that'd be so much fun. That'd be Fuego. That'd be Fuego. Looks pretty Fuego. 
Just saying. <laughs> but moving on from there, this is an interesting scene because we get Sai with her aunt and they're making dinner or whatever and David made a book of all of Sai's mom's paintings and the paintings are beautiful. Like absolutely gorgeous paintings and we get to see a side of Sai because I was literally wondering because the aunt breaks down and starts crying. And I was like, I wonder if Sai's going to cry. And she does. She actually has some tears a little bit. And it was just interesting. Like, I wish that she had had more scenes like this, like where she's emotional, where she's actually feeling things and being able to express those feelings, even if it's ever so slightly, because she really still doesn't get into it. Yeah. But just showing emotion that you're not made out of rock. Do you know what's funny? I think that Sai only, we're starting to see, she really only cares about her family. Yeah. We see that emotional, like the, the emotions come out when she's with her aunt. The emotions come out when she's with her kids or when she's talking about her husband in a weird emotional way that way, whatever the fuck that was last week. But in the beginning of the season, we thought Sai just kind of like grouped up with Bryn and she wanted to go out and do the fun things and do do something with the cool person in the group. And now she's grouping up with Aaron, who she had an issue with in the first couple mm -hmm. episodes. But there's no real like friendship there. There's no emotional relationship between the two friends. I think Sai's just using everybody in the group. Well, can we take a sidebar real quick? And a talk sidebar? About a sidebar. That oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Fuck, I missed that. Nice. You said side to side. I know. I said sidebar. I still didn't get it. Just keep doing it. Sidebar. Let's take a sidebar okay. and talk about the rumors surrounding Sai right now. Okay? So apparently, her husband David was the owner of the bar that she worked at in New York mm -hmm. and apparently was married at the time, right? They had something go on there. She got pregnant, and now they're married. There's also a rumor of an older child involved in this somehow, that like an older son, and I, I haven't corroborated any of this, but that is now all over the place, okay? So if any of this turns out to be true, the fact that she can comment on anybody else's relationship across the board, she would 100% have to pack her bags because she has no ground to stand on. Whatsoever. I actually disagree. I want her back for second season. I want to oh. see her I want to see her feet to the fire. Okay. I can see that. If that starts too. breaking out and there is some story there, then yeah, I mean you're going to tell your whole story about your family and how rough it was for you growing up and leave that out. That's a pretty major talk about it like we talk about. We get into this a little bit later about what what do you love the most about your relationship or your husband or your wife or whatever. Honesty. You honesty. 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 What that man says. I, look, I mean I think if we're taking everything for face value and not the rumors, Sai has been brutally honest to a and, fault. Yeah, very much to a <laughs> fault. Much to the chagrin of us watching at Ooh, home. Nice word. Thank you. Um but yeah, if those things pop off a little bit and we get to see a little bit more in there and there's some turmoil, bring her back. All right. I want to see it. Okay, I'm on board. We get a quick little cut with Jenna shopping with Beckett and highlighting this only because I just, I'm always curious to, to see scenes with Jenna and like how she discusses her past and says, you know, I really like Beckett. And that's a sweet thing to hear. She's like, I really like Becca because my mom did not like me and it was yeah. very apparent. And that's that's so tough. And it could go so many different ways as a as a parent, like growing up like that. 
And for her to recognize it and instead do the exact opposite, right? Yeah, she it, looks at it like a do-over. Right, and she even I said that. was that. so nice. And it's such a, like, a cool way, instead of like harboring anger and like, we've heard her talk about how she's processed her mom and her mom struggled with mental illness, so it was a really difficult childhood. She said the house was always quiet. Her mother didn't show any affection to her. So that could have really fucked up not only Jenna, but how she parents and also how she talks about her mother, but she doesn't talk about her mom with any disdain, really. No. She kind of understands that, yeah, it was just a unique scenario and it was a tough upbringing, but because of that, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure Beckett knows, not only do I love you, but I really, really like you. I really like hanging out with you. And it's just, it's really sweet. But now we get to Swingers and it couldn't be a better name. And I mentioned this on Pink Shade, and I'm just going to say it right now because the name's out there. It's interesting to me that they take Cy and David to swingers, and they being Aaron and Jessel, fuck, and they being Aaron and, and they being Aaron and Abe, because the more I'm seeing, okay, and bear with me here, the first conversation they have is about how Abe just got some, right? And they dive in a little bit more, and he's like, I just gave him a blowjob. Ha, ha, ha. And they're like, oh, well, did you get something? And Abe's like, oh, she got something. And the whole group laughs. So I am pretty convinced, like 99.9% convinced, that Abe and Aaron are screening Cy and David to swing with them. Yeah, I, I imagine if that is the case, it's all Abe's doing. He's because definitely he's the, the one who brought it up last week. He's the one who first said I'd be fucking somebody else. David, at least to that reaction, said the relationship would be over, which is better than what, what Abe said. Is it though? It's kind, it's kind a of a little bit. Yeah, it's no, you're bad. right. It's better, but it's not the fact that Sai after that can go. That's the right answer. It's like no, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. A, it's a better answer, but it's not. But it, the it's right like answer. one of those things where it's like, yeah, there's there's a better version of everything out there. Sure. Like there is a worst. Abe's response was the worst. That was the worst. And his is a half a step up. So that being said. Now, the I, worst would be Angie from Salt Lake response and saying, I'd put a hit out on my wife if we didn't have sex for a year and a half. That would probably you be pulled an Angie and said, T-shirt or hit on family. Anyway, continue. Different ends of the spectrum there, Angie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I, I can definitely see it. I mean, they tried to run this, which I fucking hate. New York is not some like fucking metropolis new sex like party. futuristic sex party no where they're better than everybody and they're so much more in touch with like their sexual emotions than everyone else and this is just how we do it in new york it's like no that's not how people work how that's... many people do you know in new york? we have mutual friends we have a lot of friends in new, in new york and nobody acts like that not one of them swing to my knowledge well done. and look i'm not even knocking swingers i'm no, just Dirk and saying, Corey, like, maybe yeah who knows <laughs> they're not listening shout out to my dads <laughs> People don't understand that reference, but um, no, it's I, I just hate that trope. It's like yo, this is New York. Anything goes up here. It's like no, it's just another fucking city with cockroaches. But no, okay, whatever. Bed bugs now. Oh Thanks yeah, a lot, Paris. That that should have been my current events. Oh um, yeah, the Paris bed fashion bugs. show, bringing back the bed bugs. Um, but no, it, it's just so weird to watch, and I, I fully agree. I think they could easily be screening. Who do you think's into it though? You know, I think I think all four would be party to it. I think all four would be party to Aaron it. I think is, David and Abe would be the driving forces. I think Cy would think do it Cy to prove that she, See, I think Cy would do it to prove that she's so cool. I think Aaron would go along because she doesn't want to upset Abe, and I think David's a scumbag. Yeah. 
That's Which my... is so funny because they're the ones who were pointing things out and asking questions to uh, Pavit about his trip to Vietnam. Like, why do you give a fuck? Just leave the guy alone. Like, stop making these weird, like, sexual passes talking about how he's going to be there for 24 hours and, you know, what stays in Vietnam or what happens if Vietnam stays in Vietnam? And then you put him in the spot and he's like, hi, yeah. Like, he's just awkward. He doesn't know what to say. And then it goes to his confession. He's like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Such weird dudes. For guys that started off the season as like, oh, yeah, these guys seem we cool. Like like, them. It seems like they're level headed. They might have maybe some logic in their brains. It's like, no, nah, they're just scumbags. No, nah, they're just total dirtbags. But Cy and Aaron, like, put it on their husbands. Like, you got to get the dirt from Pavit. Like, they don't really know Pavit that well. Like, I wouldn't try to get the dirt from people I know well. I wouldn't start talking about that shit yeah. to try to, like, dig up that dirt. But they're putting these two on the case and, like, dumb and dumber to go talk to Pavit, who doesn't hang out with them, to try to talk about his sex life and talk about what he's actually doing in Vietnam. Like, they're the fucking CIA. And it's so dumb, but Jessel finally gets there. And I did like this line, Cy just doesn't like me because I dress better. Like, boom, I love yep. that. But everyone's sitting around the table, and this is when Vietnam comes up in front of the group, which is crazy. Like, you guys are this obsessed with being, and like you pointed out multiple times, this is now just bullying. Yep. This is straight up bullying, which is never fun to watch in real life, or on TV. I don't want to see people get put in uncomfortable situations. I don't want to see people get put in uncomfortable situations for the pleasure of other people. I think it's horrible. Yeah, and it's one, it's just not an interesting topic. Once he says, oh yeah, I'm doing it because I was able to get like extra miles out of it. And usually something that's, you know, five grand round trip. No, 15 grand. 15 grand round trip is now $665 for you to go. Well, I've got my numbers all wrong. It doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. I'm in the ballpark. He's now going to do this. Like, it makes sense. The first time that we saw that comment when we talked about it a few weeks ago, you and I looked at each other and were like, eh, I don't really understand that, but it makes sense, I guess, if you're just thinking about it that way. Whatever. Sure, whatever. Apparently, he does it a couple times a year. That's what it is. Who it's the fuck cares? Exactly. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. It is not interesting enough for Cy to stop the entire conversation and say, tell me about like what's going on with Vietnam. We don't need to know anymore. No. The only reason that you want to bring it up is so that you can try to poke holes in it and prove to Jessel that it's fucking weird. And while I agree that it is a little weird, but I just don't understand it, I don't think that there's any more going on there. The dude just seems pretty simple. He does. It seems pretty easy to read. Genuinely very seems simple. like he wants a fucking banh mi sandwich. He wants a real banh mi sandwich. <laughs> he's not going to settle for the cart on fucking 4th Avenue. So he's going to go to Vietnam and have himself a banh mi sandwich. And oh, by the way, he's going to get 180,000 miles over three trips that he can then take his wife and kids on a really fun vacation for free. Right. It seems very cut and dry. It's not very interesting. Why are we talking about this? Except for you guys to just try to make fun of him or poke holes in it or insinuate that he's cheating on Jessel in front of Jessel. It's a weird fucking move. And it's got to be either bullying behavior or it's just idiotic. And I don't care for either. It just, to me, it, it's like, oh, our marriages are so great. Let's shit on a marriage that we don't understand because they must be worse than us. And meanwhile, the scenes with Pavit and Jessel seem the most genuine. I'm yeah. like, these two like each other. These two love each other. These two get it. Like, and you know what happened over the last couple of episodes? She doesn't like rip them apart anymore. No, she she she's, doesn't she's, do any of that. She, that. she razzes them a bit, but a you know bit. what? We remember 
they were friends first. They were best friends. They got, had kids, got married. I'm not sure the order of those things, but they got married and had kids, and now they're together, and they're best friends still. So they're going to razz each other up a little bit, and we kind of got over that, but obviously it's not as apparent as it was the last couple episodes. If anybody has issues within your marriage, how about the way that your husband's responded last That's week? That's it, right? <laughs> like, look yourself in the mirror. Clearly, there's something wrong going on there. What happens if you you have another kid and you don't want to have sex for a year? Now you got to worry that your husband's going to go out and fuck somebody else. Or divorce you. He might be flying to Vietnam. He Who might be knows? flying to Vietnam. Ask, you better have that same energy. Exactly. If he's flying to Vietnam to get those miles, you better have that same mm-hmm. energy and say, what are you doing? Only he's spending two days there, and he hasn't mentioned a banh mi sandwich once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the boys go golf, and I hate, I fucking hated this. Like, the two cool guys, Abe and David, because they have all the sex, and David just got, or sorry, Abe just got a blowjob. Like, nice, dude. Point to the blue ball and go, Pavic gets the blue ball. No. And Pavic goes, No, no, I'm good now. Like, that's a joke that like Shep and, and Austin would make to Craig. Yes. If Craig was like, Yeah, I haven't seen Paige in a while. I'm like, I'm really missing her and I want to have sex. And they're like, Well, you haven't had sex in a couple of weeks. Here's the blue ball for yeah. Craig. <laughs> and you know what? That would have been funny because I'm not even questioning Craig and Paige's relationship when it comes to that. Nope. They're going to get, yeah, he'll go up to New York and they'll be fine anyway. Yeah. This is, it's a touchy subject. Why is everybody making fun of him? And you guys do not know him. You guys do not know him. And not only that, the women, the wives in this relationship, met each other probably less than a year ago. Yeah. Do they need to be talking about something that's very personal? Nah. Stop talking about Pavit's balls. It's uncomfortable for us to watch. It's uncomfortable for Pavit. I feel bad. I feel bad for Pavit, too. Meanwhile, back at the table... Jessel and Aaron are talking about the lunch a little bit, and then Cy jumps in, and that's when she starts getting rude as fuck. And she's like, it could have been a phone call. It's like, Jessel was trying to do you the courtesy of, like, squashing this shit in person, face-to-face. That's the respectful thing to do. And she keeps saying, like, well, we left Anguilla, so it was no longer an issue. It's like, you yelled at her on the boat to the point that you were clapping your hands at her. Like, clearly it's still a problem, and clearly it rubbed you the wrong way. So for Jessel to go out of her way and be like, hey, can we sit down and have a lunch together shows that she's trying and you do not care. You just don't care. And then she lays into Jessel and she's like, we just want you to be real, be real and just talk. And literally as I'm writing, you don't let her talk. Mm -hmm. Jessel says, you don't let me finish ever. And that's true. Every time they start to get into these conversations. Jessel attempts to defend herself or explain herself, and Sai goes off the rails, yells at her, says really mean things, and then says, you know what? I don't care. How the fuck are you supposed to respond to that? How do you come back in any way, shape, or form to somebody that has checked out entirely after tearing you apart? No, at some point, and I think we're starting to see it, Jessel just needs to remove herself from the situation. Or I even talk to Sai at all. Oh, I totally agree with that, but I loved, I was not expecting this. Jessel was like, well, I try to talk, but then your pet parrot over here, I was like, ooh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Go after both of them. Yeah, bring Erin into this. Because you know what? Erin does that. She'll just team up. She's so fucking shell-shocked because every time that Erin opened her mouth in the beginning of the season, she got ripped apart. Now she teams up with the person who was making fun of her the most because she's afraid of getting ripped apart. Hey, if I play really close to Sai, Sai's not going to turn on me. I'll just team up with her. That's it. Uba's the only one who's sitting there actually laughing genuinely. Erin is painfully laughing. Like, 
<laughs> how did I get brought into this? It's like you, you brought yourself into this. You're the one who sat on the phone and was making fun of Jessel. Jessel doesn't even know that that happened, but she knows enough to know what kind of person you are, Aaron. You're going to sit there and just echo everything that Sai says. Sai, at least when she speaks, she's speaking from her heart. Yeah. That's truly who Sai is. You're just echoing what she says because you're a fucking sheep. And her, no, she's a parrot. And her reactions are. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to do a bah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, I did it anyway. Yeah, I know. My bad. I should have read it's the okay. room. But I was genuinely uncomfortable with Aaron's reactions. Like when she's like rolling on the couch, like fake laughing, I'm like, you are playing this up so much. Nothing that Sai is saying is hitting. She's not landing any actual punches. She's saying the same shit that she has said over and over again. Everyone's tired of hearing it, except Aaron, like you said, does. she's so excited to be on Sai's team now that she's just like playing it up the most. And Uba is like an innocent bystander just like kind of laughing slash just like eating yep. and like i don't really know what's going on like can we just move on from all this shit but i'm glad jessel stood up for him for but i'm glad jessel stood up for herself finally i'm glad that she took a jab and then says you know what i'm done and hopefully she is and Sai does the worst thing you could possibly do. And she goes and like crashes the boys time and she's like oh i'm gonna come over and play and all the guys are like oh this is ruined <laughs> it's like get out of here yeah. Like, go, don't do that. Like, don't come over here because you're upset with the girls and, like, come over to the guys who are also picking on Pavit so that you can come over there and start questioning Vietnam again. Because then David brings it up. He goes, well, if I went to Vietnam, what would you say? And she's like, who you fucking? It's like, why, dude? Leave this couple alone. The <coughs> weirdest part to me, and this is, like, when I was, and I have been out on David, but this was, like, the nail in the coffin, when they all get back over to the table, we already saw his interactions with Uba, and I was like, that's kind of weird. He keeps calling her hot yeah. and stuff, like bizarre. Gives her a big hug, says, God, you're so beautiful, and you're so smart, and blah, 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 and then starts commenting on her relationship status. None of your fucking business, one. Two, why are you complimenting her so, so much and her looks in front of your wife? And why is Sai, who is questioning, like, here it is. Here's the breakdown. Size questioning why Pavit is flying to Vietnam for miles for 24 hours and flying back. He, she has no issue with the man who said, I'm going to divorce you if we don't have sex for a year and a half. And now is calling my friend who is objectively gorgeous, so attractive, so pretty, all of these nice things. And like, yeah, great. He's complimenting her, but it's creepy and it's weird in front of your wife. Why are you not concerned about that? Why are you not concerned about your husband, your marriage, which is built on infidelity, apparently, and you have an issue with Sweet Pavit going to eat a fucking sandwich? Yeah. Like, goddamn, we keep repeating it, but I, it's just crazy to me that that's your problem. And instead of looking inward, Aaron, look inward at your creepy husband that goes to a confession and goes, I just need it all the time. I feel so bad because I just need it. I need so it all the time. Uncomfortable. Yeah, bro. Like, settle the fuck so down, weird. It went from, like... Us being very uncomfortable because they're talking about Jessel and Pavit's sex life and or lack thereof for the longest time. We're like, all right, enough. Like, this is really weird. You guys are commenting on things that you do not need to comment on. I do not want to watch this anymore. Now we went to the other side of the spectrum. Oh, and they are talking so openly about their sex lives to the point where it's like, enough. Like, we get it. There's a line that you've crossed. And that line is... You guys have a healthy sex life. Great for you. That's Good. nice. It's fun. If you can make jokes about it here and there, fine. That's cool. A sex joke here and there is funny. 
Do not cross that line and have your husband go to the confessional and do exactly what you just said. I just need it. Just fucking need it. I need it like water. I need it. I just need it like the air that I breathe. It better be inside of Aaron. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. It's just it's enough. Like, it's creepy. It's weird. And then if you're going to comment on somebody else's sex life, don't push that shit elsewhere. Leave it alone. Quit shoving it down our throats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please. hey Hey, now. Uh, but the last scene is at... Um, Jenna's house, and they're just doing a recap of the night. Bryn is there. Jessel's there. They have a much better conversation about the, the Vietnam trip because another thing is the timeline is now messed up, and that's reason for Sai to say that Jessel lies about everything because the flight's at a different time. Like, are Which, you When me? we go back, she says, yeah, he's, he's got a flight to Vietnam in like a couple of weeks. It's vague as shit, right? No, it was next week. It was next week. No. Okay? No, that's a weeks. lie. It was next week. It's a vague one-off where Jess was like, yeah, he's going to Vietnam in a couple weeks. Like, whatever. I get a staycation. So stupid. It's so simple, and it's not a lie. It's not a fucking, like, unearthing of her being a huge liar. No. Like, you did not just do some detective work. You got your facts wrong from a throwaway comment three weeks ago in a shoe store, and you're going to stand on that as your soapbox for saying that that's why she's lying? Like, what, what dumb. You, bring up other things. I'm sure if we were to roll back the tape, I'm sure Jessel has lied about other things. And we can look at those they things. They all do. But that's the thing that you're going to hone in on is you said that this trip was next week. Apparently, it's not for a couple of weeks. It's not even planned. Well, it opens up in a couple of weeks, and that's when I'm going to book it. So that's when it's going to happen. Period. I didn't hear that because Aaron was cackling over here. <laughs> your, your parrot was chirping in yeah, the corner. so weird. And they get to the, and we missed this, but I'm glad I'm bringing it back up. The why do you love your wife? Right, Ugh. and these two guys, like David, spins this ridiculous story. I didn't believe a word he was saying. That's when he was talking about the honesty thing, and I, I fully expected both of them just to be like, because the sex is great. Yeah, and Abe has to mention like she loves sex. Like you don't have to say that part. Just like say what's nice about it. The funniest shit is Pavit literally echoes pretty much exactly what Abe said. I want to be with somebody that loves life, that wants to keep it interesting, travel, do all these great things together, that puts up with my shit. Yep. Pavit literally says the it same. Let me do the weird things that I'm going to go do, like go get a bomb me sandwich of Vietnam and go on a mileage run. And he also says that she also does puts stuff, up with my shit. But she, he says, does those things with me. Yep lives life and wants to do things with me and puts up with my shit. It's Identical. Just, it, and then Sai says to everybody after the fact, and Aaron echoes the same thing, Parrot, and says, Pavit said that he just wanted to go be with Jessel because she lets him do whatever he wants. No, he absolutely didn't say that at all. Meanwhile, the only cool wife, by the way, is Jessel because she's like, I don't give a shit what he does. Like, yeah, I trust him implicitly. If he wants to go to a strip club with his boys, sometimes I go with him. If he wants to go get a fucking bond me, we're best friends. I trust him. That's what marriage is. You trust your partner implicitly. You're not questioning that they're doing shady shit. The only reason you have a reason to question your significant other is if you think they are capable of doing shady shit. And that comes about if you get together with them through infidelity, if they talk about sex incessantly, if they tell you they're going to leave you in a year and a half if you don't fuck them, and if they tell you they're going to divorce you if you don't fuck them for a year and a half. That's when you get shady. That's when you question your fucking marriage. Not when the wife is like, go do you, boo-boo, because I fucking trust you. 
that came out of nowhere. You need to calm down. <laughs> you, need to, you need to settle down over there, overalls. Uh, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know what just happened? I didn't expect but you got that. very angry. I usually, no one rants are coming. Anybody got like one of those uh, little balls that you can just squeeze? Uh, get, get the guy a stress ball. Let's uh, get a blue get, ball? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Here, bring it back around. I actually just remembered, too. Abe had a moment where they were talking about, I think it was during the FaceTime call, they were talking about Matt, uh, Pavitt's mileage run. And Abe goes, that doesn't sound so bad. He's going on a mileage run, and he gets to get away from the kids for a little bit and just have peace and quiet and sit in first class. That doesn't sound too bad at all. And then Aaron gave him a look, and he stopped and just walked away. Yeah. It's like, he agreed. Your glowing husband who can't stop having sex, which, by the way, if he can't stop having sex, there's chances are that he's probably having sex elsewhere. Oh, I didn't say it. I'm just saying it. Just throw it out there. He agreed with Pavitt, and you gave him a look, so he stopped agreeing with Pavitt. That doesn't sound so healthy to me. No, and you know what? Usually I'd have an issue with like what you just said, but if they're going to point fingers like, oh, Pavitt's probably stepping out, yeah, yeah why not? fuck that. You know what? They're all he, stepping out. Yeah, fuck that shit. Ooh. Pineapple's upside down, baby. Yeah, the pineapple's, I don't know. Yeah. That's pine- what swingers do. Oh, you ever really? see a pineapple? Yeah. I have, yeah, I've seen a pineapple. Not a real pineapple, but like a pineapple doormat. Swingers live there. Really? Mm-hmm. How do you know that? You didn't know that? That's like common knowledge. Sound know. off, chat. Sound off, chat. <laughs> chat, if any, <laughs> sound off in the DMs. <laughs> sound off in the DMs. Comment on uh, YouTube, Broad Bros Podcast. At Broad Bros. Uh, let us know about the upside down pineapples. Yeah. Let us know about swingers. Uh, but apparently, Shooter does. Uh, you haven't been to my apartment. I haven't. You I'm haven't... not swinging with that. Uh, you, you gotta have a partner that? to be swinging, you know? Okay, all right. Cool. Single guy showing up to a swingers party. That's sad. Uh, I, I have so many questions. No, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Special episode of Broad Bros talking about swingers. <laughs> Welcome to the swingers episode. Um, the last thing I'm no, you know what? But moving right along to Southern Charm, what a charming show this has been. I've enjoyed this it season, been. and it's good too. It works out really well because there was only one thing discussed this entire episode. Yeah, we could just kind of like roll through this one. Yeah, we're just gonna roll straight through it and like. The main focus of this episode, as we were expecting, is Taylor dropped a bomb on Olivia and said, you know, there's been obviously speculation of 
what is the relationship between Austin and Taylor? And I still don't agree with how Taylor went about it. I get that she was trying to be honest, but she did not need to add in, he talked to his sister, I talked to my brother, to try to figure out whether or not we should take this to the next level and date, right? And the biggest issue for me, once again, and we talked about it last week, is the timeline. Because of when they had this conversation, that is congruent with when Austin and Olivia were trying to work things out, apparently. And then all of a sudden, after a week, he's like, nah, I can't do this. Now, those could have been two separate things. He could have been leading both of them on. I don't really know, though, because I was thinking back to the reunion last year. And during the reunion, Austin was not with Olivia. And Olivia did not have kind words for Austin. No, but after that. Remember that. I know. but But after that, they said they tried for a week after the reunion to figure it out. They were still in New York when they tried, though. That's That's where the timelines are all over the place. Whenever anybody in any show across the franchises says they were references New York in any way, it's the reunion. It's always the reunion. So when they're talking about it. Olivia says after or when we were in New York, he was texting me and like after or after I left New York, I went to L.A. or whatever or Vegas, maybe. And he was texting me, talking me through all of this. She fucking hated him during the reunion. She was ripping him apart, calling him a boy, saying that he never knows what he's doing. He's fucking around, blah, blah, blah. Like all these things were going on. And obviously the Shep and Taylor kind of overshadows all of that. Yeah. But you're telling me that Olivia and Austin, who dated for three months. Taylor actually hit the nail on the head. Did they date? I don't really know. I really do not know if they actually People dated. Have brought that up too, and like, here's my thing. That might be a valid argument. Probably the worst thing that Taylor could say in a confessional. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like really not your place yeah, to then, say. Now you're downplaying it, but it is a confessional, so we don't know what happens in the next couple really of weeks. Maybe great. obviously her and Olivia do not talk anymore because you don't see anything on social media. But that being said, you're telling me that Taylor and Austin hung back in New York, had this whole conversation. Olivia left New York and went to Vegas. And then that's when Austin and Olivia are talking about maybe trying and figuring it out. After that whole fucking reunion, it just none of it adds up. Really, none of the timeline adds up for me. We need a flow chart. I, I look, I don't even think we need a flow chart. I think that the Austin Olivia thing is being blown way out of proportion. But here's the thing. And I think that one, because of Charleston, right? It's a smaller town. They Hit, oh, they hit us over the head with that. Two, because they're castmates, I think the emotional part of it is elevated significantly. It's not so... I think a little fling, even if it's three months, when you are in a cast with these people, carries a lot more weight because it throws off the dynamic of the entire group. And it's awkward for people that have to see each other. And Olivia had a lot more feelings for Austin than Austin did for Olivia. That was apparent. And I think that because of that and because... Olivia and Taylor were then, quote-unquote, sisters after all this happened. I think that's where the betrayal comes in. It's not so much the duration of the relationship. It's the fact that for three months prior, or sorry, three months post, they were palling around together every single day, and at no point did Taylor say anything. I think that's where it becomes a fucked up thing. Yeah, and I think that if we find out that, and we don't really know because of the cliffhanger, but if we find out that they didn't actually hook up, which I, I kind of speculate that right now, I think that that cliffhanger at the end tells me everything that I need to know. I don't think they hooked up. I still think they did. I, I, I Deep down, I think they do. But I don't think that they actually hooked up. And I think that makes it a lot funnier. I think I'm really looking forward to that. Because we've been led to believe this this entire time. I think really what we're seeing in this episode specifically 
is Olivia is not grieving the Austin of it all. I think she's just grieving Taylor because she found a really good friend in yeah. Taylor. She just moved back to Charleston. Now she's all alone in Charleston. Her parents left, and she really found a sister. Look, we talk about the brother-sister thing. I don't know how I feel about sister-sister things. But uh, no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just goofing. Come on, throwing a little it's joke out a there. Goof. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. Um, but no, I, I think that really she's just grieving the friendship that she found with Taylor, and that's going to be the crux of everything. I'm throwing out the whole Austin of it all. Really, it's yeah. just about friends losing what they had. I agree. And then, but on the opposite side of it, the Shep thing that's fucked up. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, that, again, that, that falls into the friendship thing different dynamic and we'll get to that in a minute because i want to do a quick jt check-in because <laughs> he's your favorite but we get a scene with jt and rod at the event space it's just weird to me you know and i I've, i will stand by it i think jt is great for the show but it's so weird to me that he takes it upon himself at every avenue to bring up austin and this whole austin and taylor thing and he says to rod like can you believe that i just don't get what his infatuation is and like buddy she hooked up with your friend on your trip. You're not getting in there, pal. Like, get over it. JT's the kind of guy that falls in love in, like, one conversation. Oh, yeah. For sure. He had one conversation with Taylor, maybe bought her a coffee. She walked away. He was in love with her. She hooked up with his friend in Paris or London or wherever the fuck they were going to his parents' houses. Not his houses. No Make shot. that an important point. And he's still in love with her. And now he takes every opportunity to talk about that. Or he was tasked with the, I guess, the storyline of, you're going to push this whole uh, Austin Taylor thing, and this is how we're going to do it. And he is very simple-minded and can't get past that. I'm glad that Rod at least brought up the fact that Austin tried to throw it in his face that Olivia made out with somebody else in the bar. And Rod, who's an adult, seemingly, was like, yeah, she's single. Like It was such a weird move. It was like slut-shaming her, essentially. And what a child like how the fuck are you gonna bring that up like it's gonna oh thanks bro good it's funny looks. when an adult guy comes into this group it's yeah. like whoa what the hell are you doing here exactly like hey you're too much logic buddy like settle down they go for their adult advice they go over to whitney and yeah. whitney is not an adult no he's the biggest man child of them all but shep calls austin and they're having an the my only issue and it's not even a bad issue it's just like every scene is so painstakingly awkward it's so goddamn awkward. Shep calls Austin, and to Shep's credit, once again, he's trying so hard to give Austin the benefit of the doubt. And Austin's like, well, I'm not going to the event. And, of course, Shep's like, well, why? Like, that's weird. It's weird that you're not going. Yeah. Why Shep already going? knew in that conversation. I know, but still, like, he tells Shep about the conversation and emphasizes that nothing happened. And Shep, I still think, is, like, holding on to hope that nothing happened, but... At the same time, dude, for the Austin and Shep side of it, and I understand that Shep stepped out on Taylor, and like that's a whole different dynamic of this thing, but just straight up bro code. We're going to talk bro code here. Bro code. Yeah. Bro code. Yeah. Shep should be livid at Austin, period. Like there should, There's no wiggle room here. The fact that he's still trying to bridge this gap is not necessary. Like He overstepped. He yep. overstepped with your ex, period. The sleepover, not okay. Everything that happened after you guys broke up with Austin. Wait, how about Austin going into his phone and zooming in on, on the picture? Taylor's picture. It was weird. <laughs> on the camera? No, like what are you trying? What are, are you trying to bury yourself, you idiot? Like what the fuck? I was trying to wrap my head around that. I'm like, what is he doing? Like he knows there's a camera behind him over his shoulder looking at his text messages and you're zooming in on her face? I don't know, what? man. 
the next, I mean, it all leads to this like day chaser event and, uh, it's still the worst name for a mixed can cocktail. Very confused. I feel Very like it's going to hydrate me. It's yeah, not, it's not going to hydrate you. It is not liquid IV, but during this scene, we get multiple conversations all centered around the same thing, right? What I want to highlight is Olivia and Shep's phone call. And I'm starting to think, and like, this is a crazy, crazy speculation. I don't think there's any merit to it. Tinfoil hat? Tinfoil hat. Big time conspiracy tinfoil hat theory right here. She's like, do you want to like Uber together since we live so close? She's like, oh, that's a great idea. Is there going to be a grief hookup in their future where they're both, look, it's not going to be an extended thing. with Austin and Taylor. You know what I mean? Here, like, let's say everything comes to light. Let's say they did hook up, Austin and Taylor, they did hook up. Shep and Olivia live close. Shep comes over. They start crushing whiskey or something. They're getting, like, bourbon drunk. And they wake up that pheasant. You know what I mean? And they wake Mm -hmm. up in in Taylor's, or sorry, and they wake up in Olivia's parents' bed. And they're like, oh, fuck, what happened? Why are they in her parents' bed? Because it's their parents' house. And she's sleeping in the parents' It's a bourbon night, you know know what I'm saying? Uh, This is how crazy the night gets. I'm trying to paint a picture for you. pretty good painting. All right. Thank you. So, wait, the painting of them having sex? Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is that the craziest tinfoil conspiracy, or is there some merit there? Like, like a, out of... I think there's some merit there. However, I am now picturing you as, like, Bob Ross painting a picture of Shep and Olivia. We got a little happy little butt cheek over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put a, a very sad cloud up here because Austin's very upset. Oops, and I made a mistake, but that's just a freckle now because there are no mistakes. <laughs> a little freckle on Shep's that's a, Yeah, that's kind of where my brain went. That's a happy freckle. This is your brain on Red October. Um, <laughs> go birds, go fills. I, yeah, I think there's some merit there. and I We talked about it last week or the week before because we didn't realize I kind of glossed over the fact that Shep lives so close but him coming over from hunting with the pheasant it seemed very like happy and whatever (coughs) I think what we're getting I know (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck was that there's something in my throat whatever Um, I think what we're getting is it's just more of Olivia is alone living alone her parents are gone she doesn't know a whole lot of people we're kind of giving her a little bit more credit for being on the show she's dating she's doing this and that and whatever for what Shep actually is obviously he cheats on his girlfriends and whatever he's a pretty good friend he's a good friend I've he's said a pretty that. Good look friend. I said that last year I hated a, him uh, whether it's a girl or a guy no he, he does treat everybody pretty well He's an asshole. He makes asshole comments. He buries himself all the time. Yeah. But as far as other people that he's friends with, he doesn't really bury them. No, and he, so he's, he's respectful to Taylor at her event. He's like, I don't want to do this here. I'm sorry. And like leaves. I, I got to say also, Olivia carries herself so well. Oh, like, yeah. She is going through it and she still puts on a face and says, I'm here to support you. Taylor, I'm yep. here to support you. Like she, the way she get, handles this. Then you get that juxtaposed to Austin who's punk bitch move. Is I, I just I, I can't show up. Yeah, you pussy. I can't face that. Like you're such a little baby. You are. You're a giant baby. A giant, big old a giant man baby. man baby. But his response is, I'm gonna go over to Whitney's and, and just you know get some advice from Whitney. This hold on. I do have to say, like the Whitney scene. <laughs> it's funny now. It's funny now that you now that you understand what Whitney and Patricia are. I do. It's funny. But here's the other part of it. Okay, and we've all been there. You did something stupid. All right, and it could be in a relationship. It could just be in life. You're kind of at a at a weird place, and you call your boy, and you're like, "Yo, dude, are you busy?" And like, "Nah, come on over." And you guys just get ridiculously drunk together and have like deep, 
what you think are meaningful conversations, but it's just nonsense back and forth. You drink to like four in the morning and pass out. That brought back memories. In your parents' bed. In your parents' bed. <laughs> <laughs> it genuinely brought back memories where I was like, oh, I've had those nights where it's yeah. just like. That, that is what that was. It was, like, 100%. It, and then it crosses a bit when he's reaching out to Craig and inviting Craig over and bring Madison. Of course, like, bring Madison. so weird. Why not bring Madison? Let's just Why? get everybody in there. What the fuck was that? Why is Madison cool? But then Vanita's like, oh, is it an open invitation? She's like, no, 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 Madison. only Madison. Oh, whoa, Vanita. Yeah, no. Vanita. You're, no. You need to show Madison. a little bit more on this show before you can get invited. That was so weird. Like, why? You and Madison aren't cool. But then Madison was very, like, accepting of the invite. She's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm going over there. there and shits on him. That's what great. she wanted to do. I know. Yeah. And then the last thing about the party that I want to touch on before we get to the drunken aftermath at Whitney's. Apparently, Apres Ski is the new theme this year. I know. I've, I've landed on that. We're doing Apres Ski. It was Roaring Twenties last year. I'm okay right now. I'm okay with it. It's going to get old. But the, get so Beverly Hills, they're going to go to Aspen because they're going to go to Kyle's house and Apres there's the Apres Ski. So we went from Roaring Twenties, Sound Baths, now we're at Apres Ski. Yep. I, I'm just curious if that's going to ring true for the rest of these shows. But at the Apres Ski Party, JT has some professional courtesy. <laughs> do, you, do you know what that means? Do you want me to explain that a little bit further? Dude, it's one, it's not a thing. Two, it's very self-explanatory. Yeah, we got it. Quit mansplaining You should have just said bro code, dumbass. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You made up a word that is very self-explanatory and then asked if you needed to explain that. You were mansplaining? No, people looked at you with a blank stare because you're a fucking moron. Yeah, but... He's still talking about the sleepover. Like, dude, you're not dating well, he her. he was talking about it to people that hadn't heard it. Well, I mean, they've definitely heard it by now. But they hadn't heard it from anybody close. Why is he bringing it up? I'm telling you, he was tasked with being the person to spill the beans on this. Yeah, maybe and so. And he is taking his character way too seriously. Maybe so. I got to give a shout out to our boy, Joey Bottles. Uh, Joe Bradley was on there. We saw Brad. Joe Bradley was there. Brad was there. Brad yeah. The was whole there. Yeah. We got to see our, our friends from Southern Hospitality. What's up, guys, if you're listening. Um, but we get to the bro down over at Whitney's house. And uh, Craig and Shep have a little conversation before going over there. And I like Craig. Like I, Again, Craig on this show is much better. He says to Shep, he's like, look, man, come with me. Like, go over there right now and confront him. Like, have this conversation right now. Ship's like, can you give me 10 minutes? And he's like, if you come with me, yeah, which is funny that he emphasized that because, like, it could have been, like, after 10 minutes, Ship's like, I'm just going to stay. Yeah. But Ship does have a little conversation with Taylor, and this, this one's hard for me, genuinely, because, look, what she did is wrong with Austin. I agree. However... What Shep did was wrong with Taylor. I did like that Shep pointed out, you know, you got on me for two months afterwards. I was in Texas having sex with somebody else. Meanwhile, less than two months, you're having a conversation with Austin, one of my closest friends, about potentially dating. Yeah. That's the same thing. Taylor's credit, she says, you're right. But the hardest part of all of this, because Taylor is wrong. This is wrong. Shep did cheat on her incessantly. That's wrong. So it's this weird middle ground where, like, they're both wrong, but Taylor is the most recent wrong one. Yeah, it is sort of like that. But I feel like there is a line being crossed when you bring in somebody like Austin, and that's who you're talking to so quickly. Yeah. Years oh, down yeah, the line, it kind of muddies it a bit, and it says, okay, you know, you don't get to have an opinion on who I'm going to date. Years, yes. Yeah, years. years. You, don't have, you don't get an opinion on who I'm going to date because when we were together, you cheated on me incessantly. 
and we're both adults, so this is what's going to happen. When it's two less than two months after you guys break up, you were together for four and a half years. Two and like, a half, I think. I think it was closer. Four. I don't know. Whatever. It was too long to be dating his friend. Yes, exactly. And to do that, like, yeah, to bring it up. But I feel like what Shep should have probably done in that situation is, look, you're going to do what you're going to do. The issue is not really with Taylor. It's with Austin. I agree with you that. You do not, like, you have lost this relationship with Taylor right then and there, like, well before that. That's over. You still want to be buddy-buddy with her. Again, the fucking Charleston thing, or it's just Shep wanting to build bridges and do this and that and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's not, the issue does not lie entirely on Taylor. It's like 15% on her, maybe. The other 85 is fully on Austin. I agree. And what you should have done in that situation is said, look, I obviously don't approve of this. Uh, It hurt to hear that. That really fucking sucks. I'm angry about that. I'm pissed about that. I'm angry at you. But we don't really have anything here. No. This is over. Whatever we have in between us is completely over. I am going to be pissed at this other person, Austin, who's supposedly one of my closest friends. I'm going to go after him. I'm going over there to have a conversation with him right now to try to straighten this out. Yeah. That's what you say. To lay it out, here's where the issues actually lie. As you just said, the issue is between Shep and Austin. The other part of it is Taylor and Olivia. Yep. Right. There there should not be crossing going on because I don't like you said, Taylor and Shep, it's over. I think that they both get a chance to kind of voice their feelings. Sure. No, sure. no, sure. But like this should be the end of those two trying to get to the bottom of it. I would agree with that. And it might be. Honestly, it might be. You know? I, this conversation for what it was could have been way worse. Oh, infinitely worse. It could have been so much worse. It's funny that he was I drinking actually, Estella and she's yeah, like the, she got mad at that. It's like, all right, like pick your battles. Nobody wants to fucking drink those day chasers all day. Like, get over it. But no, it could have been way worse. I think that Chef handled himself pretty well. Taylor took accountability. She handled herself pretty well. It didn't boil over. He's going to have to go have a really tough conversation with Austin, his best friend, who betrayed him. Yep. That's a bigger issue. This is not the bigger issue here. So there it goes. I mean, that's pretty much it. I do need to comment when they're going over to Whitney's. Uh, I just love this term when they get in the Uber or whatever. He's like, that was a heady ass encounter. I was like, what the fuck is a heady-ass encounter? An encounter that keeps you in your head, I guess. I don't know, but it was really funny. And they get over there, and the only thing worth noting is the cliffhanger. And it's, you took it one way, right? It's, Shep sits down with Austin and finally just says, tell me what happened. Was there something there? Like, a lot more is coming out. You're always so vague. Just fucking tell me, right? What do you say? Vino and Veritas or something? And Austin, this can be taken two ways, and it clearly was, because he says, define hookup. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, something happened. When you hear that, you think it's a cliffhanger to shift the focus. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm curious which we'll one. see what happens next yeah. week, this week, whatever. Red October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that takes us to the questions, and let's start out with some Rony ones. Up first from... Jazz and I, not a question, just go birds and love the pod. Great start. Sorry, Great start. Over. I had to do that. From Snap 21 do you think if Jessel wasn't so liked, people would still feel the same way about Cy? No, because I don't think that Jessel is well liked. 
Jesso is definitely well liked now, and yes, now, I think people I still like, would feel the same way about. Yeah, he's I an think, asshole regardless. Uh, yeah, I think they would, but I I argue with the fact that Jessel's well liked. I feel like Jessel is recently well liked. I don't think that she's been well liked the whole season. Not if for the she duration. Was, if this was Jenna Lyons in Jessel's shoes, everybody would be going after Sai. I yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I don't. I think you misread the question or misheard it. No. Do you think people would feel differently about Cy? Oh, feel the same way about Cy. Yes, they would. You said no, they wouldn't. Would people still feel the same way about Cy if people didn't like Jessel now? Yes, they yeah. still would. Yes. Yeah, that, yes. Confusing you said no. wording. It, it wasn't I, I got focused on the wrong aspect. Yeah, of that I question. know. Give me a break. You're an idiot. Red October. Long day. Red October. Ooh, hell yeah. Great question from Led Roxella. If I said that right. Can we get a guest appearance by Steele's wife? We would love a Dev appearance. Yeah, she's. we've offered a couple times. She's a tough cookie to crack. Mm-hmm. Dev, if you're listening, and I know you are, I told you the people want it. Come on the show, damn it. I'm going to start putting you on blast now. <laughs> <laughs> From C Mark 87 a lot of Bravo drama is fueled by alcohol. Being in recovery, does that bother you? Uh, no. It does not. That's, I appreciate the question, but um, no, I can separate the two. I enjoy the shows. Um, sometimes it's alarming, and I notice things that maybe other people don't, but I talk about them on here, and I feel like that's a, a good space for me. So no, but thank you for asking. Up next, from Tracy A. Gallagher, do you guys think the whole story will ever come out about Austin and Taylor? No. No chance. I don't think so either. I don't think we get the whole story of any fucking thing that comes out on any of these shows. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. And for this one, I think it's going to be vague for the entire season. I think we're going to get hit with a cliffhanger, and I think they're going to pick up the cameras after the fact. <laughs> they better not. I really hope they don't. Oh, here you go. From McCarthy CB. Shoots Magoots. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, McCarthy CB. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Oh, interesting. From Daria PNG. How is Whitney hooking up with Naomi different from Austin Taylor's situation? Whitney is not a core friend. Yeah, he's an outlier. He's an outlier, and people don't hold him accountable for anything. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. There was one more I wanted to end on. Oh, what is this? A video one? We get video ones? That's so good. (laughs) Jazz and A. There oh, you wait, go. I'll make sure I say it right. Somebody sent a video to tell me how to pronounce their name. Jazz Zene. Thank you so much. There More you go. people need to do that. So I don't get I don't butcher your names because I always feel like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that'll do it for us here at the Brav Bros. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Brav underscore bros. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Brav Bros Podcast. Buy your tickets for the Bourbon Room in LA, November 19th. You got anything else? Go Phils. Go Phils. Red October. Woo, woo.